Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rorschach Show, where we examine a particular image or a controversial topic in an attempt to understand how it has our culture so divided today. How one image or one subject can warrant two completely opposite reactions from two people in our society. For any new listeners that haven't been briefed on the show, please click to subscribe or hit the like button if you enjoy the podcast. Leave a comment in the comment section below if you're interested in interacting with the show. Be sure to leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you found this podcast as it will truly help our show out. As always, we appreciate any and all the support we receive. Have you noticed that in recent years some of the lines defining what is obvious has been blurred? A photograph viewed by the masses of which two opposite narratives are contrived by two separate segments of the population. How can it be, that what seems completely obvious to one portion of society is the complete opposite to the other portion of the population? On this show we will take a look at some of the more infamous photographs that have divided the population, if only at first glance. We will dissect what makes this particular image so divisive. Much like a Rorschach test our first impressions of pictures in society are so diverse by implicated narrative versus visual aid objectionable reporting. Welcome to Rorschach. Alright, we're live again guys for another episode of the Rorschach Show. Thank you so much for, for tuning in again and... Um, I thought I would put out an impromptu uh, episode today. Uh, I'm I'm again solo on this one as as Curtis is out of town, and I thought I would uh, take that oppor- opportunity to um, share with you guys some of the thoughts I've had uh, regarding a story that is currently in the news sphere. So, without further ado, let's get started. Who, the Trump administration, and Iran's second in command. Qasem Soleimani. Where? Baghdad International Airport, Iraq. What? A drone strike using Hellfire missiles to put Qasem Soleimani into 15 different pieces. Why? Well, as always, we're trying to get to the bottom of why or how it's possible for there to be two competing um, narratives regarding the killing of Soleimani. As always, we'll start by laying out uh, three options for how most commonly I'm seeing um, this at least be reported or received by the general public. So one, someone who thinks it's a positive to have Soleimani removed from the battlefield. It was a good chess move as uh, this is somebody who has um, had a full-time job of trying to uh, sow the seeds of chaos uh, towards the West uh, and take out as many American uh, servicemen as possible for the last three decades. Two, people that think it was probably a good move um, as far as uh, strategically it's concerned uh, to have him removed, but in the name of diplomacy, uh, why couldn't there have been some uh, cooler heads prevail and not uh, frighten basically the whole world into uh, potentially, uh, you know, a World War Three situation uh, and, and put everybody on hysterical alert? And three, the person who thinks that the move was much too brash 
shouldn't have happened. Uh, Soleimani is a, a general, a top general, and uh, had it have been the other way around, uh, it would have been uh, much harsher consequences if it was uh, somebody high up in the American government that was taken out. Now, I just want to say also, as we're talking about this, guys, it's important that we maybe try and stick to just public perception as opposed to the um, propagandizing of, of this situation on both sides. Let's, let's try and look at it as a public perception uh, situation. Obviously, any uh, left-wing media outlets, uh, were, they, they had a dog in this fight, you know. They were interested in, in making Trump look like a moron. And, and in, in a lot of cases, you could even see uh, see how complicit they were in creating the hysteria around World War III. So let's just leave how the media was covering it out. So personally for me, it's, it's understandable. It's easy to get to the position that um, a lot, like the people in that first category were, were getting to, where they said, hey, this is great. This is somebody who has, has the blood of all of our brothers and sisters on their hand. Uh, th- it wasn't in Iran. You didn't cross over into their uh, sovereign nation to do this, which would have been a much different story, I think, at least for anybody in that first category. I know it certainly would have made me um, consider uh, some of the other options uh, more so than, than just being so quick to, uh, to pull the trigger or push the button on that first uh, category. But guys, this happened in, in Iraq, and um, it happened very close to the American uh, troops and, and the embassy that was under attack, and I think it's important to bring all these um, uh, components into consideration when we think about what side of this that we fall on, how we, how we view this Rorschach test. So for the sake of anybody in that first category, why don't we try and gather up any of the facts that we can? Soleimani was there. He was present for the embassy uh, siege that was going on. Uh, it was clearly one of his missions to be pushing that uh, forward. The American intelligence had uh, credible evidence that uh, there was imminent attacks planned on at least one, uh, and some uh, accounts call for four of the embassies that had uh, imminent attacks basically um, just about ready to be carried out um, by Soleimani and his cohorts. I know we're kind of moving away from from how the American public uh, perceived this, but just for a second, it's also important to note that as far as the uh, Iranian people are concerned, I, it seems to me that he was somewhat beloved, at least that's how the regime would uh, have the rest of the world believe, but also there was his, his detractors as well, uh, even in Iran, that, um, that, would, that would say otherwise, and I'm sure the 1,500 dead protesters, uh, had they still had a voice, uh, would be among them. But we're getting off, ta- uh, off track here. We need to, to pull back and, and get right back onto our original premise, and we need to be looking at how, how the public has uh, looked at their government drone striking um, a general from a, from a sovereign nation such as Iran. So why don't we look at that second category now? Who's going to fit into that category? 
Well, I think anybody who seen everything that was happening and, and the Twitter trends that were taking place just as the rockets started to fly uh, towards uh, the American base, uh, the hysteria that was pushed, uh, like we spoke about previously, from the, uh, the left-wing journals that were really trying to, st- to, 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 to stoke the flames of World War III for some reason... Um, Anybody who is subject to any of that propaganda would likely fit into this category. Like, why, why were we all thrown into such hysteria when when it was kind of an it was kind of a closed and shut case? Here's a bad guy that's business is killing Americans. He's gone. He's never going to be back. There's no chance he's going to harm any more Americans. The Iranian uh, regime is weakened because of it. Perhaps this could bring them back to the table. Um, as far as negotiating away from uh, trying to acquire nuclear weapons, but instead the media was telling us that um, Iran had every right to try and strike back, as this was extrajudicial. It shouldn't have happened. In um, how dare they take out somebody like that? There should be consequences. And almost trying to, like, spur on the Iranians to, to attack everybody back. I have my own theories on, on why some of those, at least mainstream uh, agencies, were doing, were doing just that. Trying to spur on a, a, a bigger, wider conflict. And it's not unrelated to Jeffrey Epstein. But anyways, back we go, on track again. The people in that second category... Even though it was strategically right and a sound idea to remove Soleimani from the battle space, diplomacy, diplomacy, diplomacy. Why can't we talk about it? Why couldn't we sanction it? You know, but there must have been an, another way instead of throwing the, the whole world into some uh, death spiral of World War Three. Guys, I got to be honest, for, for a minute or two after seeing... Uh, you know, the, the accounts of the rockets flying towards the base and, um, and seeing all the World War III trends myself, I, I fell into that category like, okay, was this, was this too reckless, you know? Even though I'm somebody who thinks sometimes you do have to, not flex, that might be the, the trendy way of saying it, but you need to, um, you need to carry a big stick. You need to have, have red lines that once crossed, there will be consequences, but I'm not above uh, being worried and subject to... Um... But unfortunately, guys, I'm not above being swayed by uh, propagandizing um, initiatives and campaigns either. So it did take me a minute or two to, um, to make my own mind up on, on where I should stand and what position I should stand on. So it's totally understandable if, if, if you think that President Trump pulling the trigger on that when I, I guess it came out that Obama had the option to take Soleimani out and so did uh, his pre- predecessor George W. Bush um, he also had uh, he had the location of him and, and the, the lawful uh, capability of taking him out and didn't which sure doesn't lend itself to uh, uniting the public opinion on this case Especially when you know those uh, media outlets, the mainstream media outlets, can quickly um, refer to Obama 
and say, look, hey, he had the chance. He didn't take him out. You know, maybe he's a little bit more measured and uh, he's more interested in, in, in keeping the dogs of war at bay. And Which, of course, when you look at uh, Obama's foreign policy, definitely wasn't uh, 100% looking at um, uh, a non-intervention uh, policy. To be honest, I'm just going to speak off the cuff right now. And I, I don't think Curtis would agree with me if he was here right now, which is in part why I'm taking advantage of, of him not being here. And I could just fire this off to you guys and anybody who's interested uh, in these topics. But I don't know if, if, it, if it's somebody that's less interested in war or if it was somebody that just was uh, less interested in, in taking on uh, a potential boogeyman. You know, it's easy to drone strike places that just have absolutely no recourse. But when you're when you're dealing with another humongous nation of, of 80 million people and um, and uh, such a, a well-equipped uh, military, or at least a unified military, perhaps the difference isn't uh, intentions of of war, World War Three, non-war, de-escalation. Maybe it simply just has to do with uh, a difference in testicular uh, fortitude. I know people in that first category that we're speaking about today, I think that they would be uh, quick to to say, yeah, you know, I think that Trump just, he he had the balls on this one. He said, look, I don't want war. I want to avoid war. But if you're out here doing this kind of stuff, even if it's through proxies, it's not going to be tolerated anymore. It's got to stop. Well, let's look at the third category, the people that think, um, you know, what all the mainstream media is reporting is absolutely accurate, that Soleimani was assassinated by Donald Trump, and any of the um, stories of potential future um, attacks that Soleimani will be carrying out are just backfilling cover-up. And to be honest with you guys, depending on on if I was somebody that was, you know, a never Trumper, which it, it's become a pejorative and maybe for for the wrong reasons, because there's definitely people on the other side of that spectrum, too, that anything that the uh, Trump administration uh, carries out will be viewed in a, in the most of positive of lights. But I can, if I'm somebody that spent my day thinking everything he did was was for the wrong reasons and, and it was for the wrong agendas and motivations, then I might be thinking, hey, yeah, they're just covering stuff up. There was no, nothing was imminent. They, they, he took a shot because it's it's election season. He took a shot and uh, he took out somebody that he could portray in a really awful light. However, once I. Th- once you drill down, I think that anybody could see that at least anybody who has their head on straight with regards to uh, foreign policy and, and foreign affairs, it's a bipartisan issue. This guy is a bad guy, whether you're a left-wing president, a right-wing president, a centrist president, he is bad for America. And that's the overarching sentiment that I've I've seen come forward. I I seen there was people came out of the Obama camp that that were kind of being you know spe- steered in a, a certain direction on on news on news feeds, trying to push him in a in a was was Trump um, unlawfully carrying out this airstrike, 
or was it within his uh, w- within his purview to do what he did? And the 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 looks on the faces of some of these journalists asking these questions when somewhat left wing uh, administrative officials came back and said, "Oh no, he was well within the law to do what he did." That who he took out was a very bad person, and and strategically everybody is better for it. And it wasn't just one isolated incident that that happened either. So I know you guys do all your research, and if you're somebody that's interested in in listening to these these podcasts, I'm sure you're you're doing your own research on everything that's happening currently in our our news spectrum and our political spectrum. So you 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 tell us exactly how you've seen it, even if it, if your opinion changed, if you were moved off your position as as the events um, kind of evolved. Um, let us know. Was it a good move? Was it a scary move? Was it a bad move? Also, if you wouldn't mind, please let us know what 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 your temperament is with re- with regards to foreign policy. If you're somebody that really would rather be um, involved in other parts of the world, or if you're more of an isolationist, just so we can get a feel for how those answers uh, can be filtered. And just for the record, I don't know exactly what my uh, position is on them. I'm personally trying to get a more concrete uh, establishment of, of my ideas with regards to foreign policy. So that's it for another episode of the Rorschach Show. Please tell us how you've seen it. I'm looking forward to hearing any of your opinions, any of your thoughts, any of your fears, your concerns that you had surrounding the assassination of Qasem Soleimani. As always, please leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or wherever you found this podcast as it truly will help our show out. Click the like button. Hit to subscribe, leave a comment in the comment section below. Thanks a lot, guys, and we'll see you next time. Words. I got a voice that you never heard. Maybe, maybe not never, cause you heard crying. Communication's tough, but I'm sure trying. But I'm sure trying. Trying. But I'm sure trying. Sure trying. Sure trying. Hello.